Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Chris's Mic Drop. This is podcast number six already. Can you believe that? Boy, time really flies when you're covering a one and four team. And this is a one and four team that is coming off a win. Uh, the Broncos beat the Chargers. It wasn't the type of win that instilled a lot of confidence that this team's going to roll off about five or six more. But still, there were some positive things. We've been talking about how the team was much better than its 0-2 record, 0-3 record, 0-4 record. It's finally got a win to substantiate that claim. There were two big things that happened in this game that I thought were, were keys to the victory. Uh, one, obviously, was the 14-point lead. That's, that, was, that was the best the offense has looked was the first two drives of the Chargers game. Skane Gorillo on that script uh, des deserves plaudits uh, for how he put that together. The first drive especially, I mean, seven plays, 75 yards, they did everything well. Their first downs, uh, gaining six on first down, and then picking up the, uh, the first down on second down. That was just uh, good work. It started with the play action, beautiful pass from Flacco to Hireman down the seam for 26, and then Phillip bounces uh, through the hole for 21. One of the topics all week is that we kind of focused on Philip Lindsay, uh, despite appearances, despite what the scouts, uh, scouts may see of Philip Lindsay, he is a between-the-tackler runner. In fact, on the perimeter, he hasn't had all that much success. He'll bounce outside on the perimeter after he goes through the tackles, and then when he's in the open, he does well. He can, he can take it the distance, but he really is a between-the-runners uh, tacklers. He has better instincts in there, better feel. Uh, he's got a tremendous footwork. He knows how to hop and, and elude those uh, uh, def uh, defensive linemen and linebackers, so that's what Lindsey is. It sputtered after that, and that's where the defense came in, and here's point two. I thought the other key to the game were the personnel changes that Vic Fangio made. Uh, Fangio with his best coaching job, and, and, and not just because they, they won, but this move that he made I think was a big reason why they won. And that was um, he made rush defense a priority. And when you think about it, when you're getting trampled on, there's little you can do as a football team. Uh, you can't get the ball back on offense. Uh, you, you're at the mercy of the uh, offense who can run, 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 play action, fake, have guys wide open in the passing game. It all starts with stopping the run in the game of football. And Fangio made that a priority, and he did great by inserting Mike Purcell. The big thing he did was add bulk uh, in body. Uh, Mike Purcell is their biggest defensive lineman. He put him in the middle. Shelby uh, Harris is light as a nose tackle. He moved him to defensive end, and he benched Adam Gotsis. Tough blow for Gotsis. Last year, I thought he was their best defensive lineman for Vance Joseph, but maybe in this Fangio scheme, he's not quite the same fit. And uh, it looks like after this season, it's hard to envision right now uh, Adam Gotsis coming back. He's a free agent, second-round pick in the 2016 draft. Uh, but... Uh, Still a, a quality guy, and I think a quality defensive lineman. It just works better with Purcell in the middle, Shelby Harris at defensive end. That was one. And then the other one, the, I think the biggest one, was Alexander Johnson, who's a big guy. He's 240 pounds, 6'2". He looks bigger than that. Um, <clears throat> he replaced uh, Corey Nelson. And Corey Nelson is not a run stopper. 
and uh, he's good in coverage, uh, but he's been struggling. He hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. That was a big difference. Alexander Johnson, big difference. He got an interception and should have had two, but uh, stopping the run was the big thing that he did. Remember, he stopped Eckler on the one-yard line to force fourth down, and then Kareem Jackson, the third personnel change, and it wasn't a change. Uh, Fangio really didn't have anything to do with this. He just uh, got lucky, I guess, that uh, Kareem Jackson was healthy and didn't miss two games with that hamstring. I think a big reason why Fournette went off two weeks ago was because Kareem Jackson wasn't in the lineup. Kareem, a terrific tackler from the safety position. He made that uh, show-stopping uh, play on, the, on fourth and one for the final play of the half. What a way to go into halftime. And that was the big thing. It was 17-0 at halftime. Those three changes on the run defense. Uh, also, they got the takeaways. They were unforced turnovers, I thought. Uh, Phillip, uh, even though he had to scramble a little bit, he just flat overthrew. He cannot throw well on the run. He's not a good athlete. A great passer, not a good athlete. And uh, the ball took off on him and overthrew his intended receiver. And uh, Simmons came up with the pick. Uh, the Kareem... Uh, Jackson forcing the fumble, you know, that was Eckler uh, out of desperation, kind of threw it at the pylon, uh, hoping to get something there. And then flat out, Phillip uh, didn't see Alexander Johnson there in the end zone. Thought, I've been meaning to ask if J Alexander Johnson should have got a safety because he did try to run that ball out when he was tackled. I thought he should have had a safety right there. Um, but anyway, the Broncos win that game. Our special guest on uh, the uh, uh, Calissa's Mic Drop podcast today is Kareem Jackson. It was a wonderful interview, best interview we've had yet. It's uh, uh, pretty lengthy. We, once you get uh, Kareem warmed up, uh, he's a very intelligent, insightful guy. I think you're going to appreciate that. So, And then on the other side of the interview with Kareem, we'll look ahead to the Tennessee Titans and the Broncos uh, playing Marcus Mariota, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, here on Ring of Fame weekend, where Champ Bailey and Pat Bolin are going to be honored. They're going to get their Pro Football Hall of Fame rings, and then Champ is going to be formally inducted into the Broncos Ring of Fame. So enjoy the interview with Kareem Jackson, and on the other side, we'll talk at you about the Tennessee game. Kareem, welcome. Thank you. Heck of a game. Heck of a game against the Chargers. Thank you. Thank one, you. one of the, uh, I'm going to say it's the best one you've had with the Broncos, but one of the best you've had, would you say, uh, in the last couple of years? Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. I was talking to Elway yesterday about you. So, how about that? Right. <laughs> we were talking about, you know, look at Kareem, and, you know, I'm kind of big on how you're not that big and you tackle like you do, right? like a linebacker. I said, how does that guy tackle like he does? And he said, the key to you in tackling is uh, you're the aggressor. You're, you're the aggressive. You don't, right. want, you don't sit back and, right. and, and take the hit. You make sure you deliver the hit. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Um, just with, with, with him saying that, you know, I, I feel like the guys are too good in this league to kind of sit back and wait on them. You know, um, obviously, a lot of them going to be bigger than me. So for me, I have to be the aggressor. So I, it, it's almost like I got to get you before you get me. 
you know, situation. So um, that's pretty much how I approach, you know, my tackling. And, and, and I always think about, you know, as a kid growing up, my dad used to always tell me, you got to smell them when you tackle them. So smell them. Yeah. You, if, if you, if you get close enough and you know, you smell them, that, that, uh, that means you pre pretty much, you put a good lick on them or, you know, you're going to get them down. So I, I just try to put my body on their body and try to be the aggressor. Were you like that as a running back in high school too? You, uh, you, you I delivered a, the blow? I was it, in situations where I had to, but I was more of a finesse guy. I like to take, you know, uh, as few, as few hits as I, as I possibly could. So for me, I was one of those guys that, that would try to make you miss. Tell us about uh, growing up in uh, Macon, Georgia. Ah, uh, man, Macon, Georgia. Um, hometown. Yeah, hometown. <laughs> Small town, you know, um, I mean, all of my family's still there. Um, grew up there. Both my parents uh, had a sister. Um, my sister, um, growing up, my sister is a, a leukemia survivor. Oh. And my mom's a two-time breast cancer survivor, so, you know, wow. cancer played a huge part in, in our household. So, you know, seeing them fight and go through what they went through, you know, definitely made us stronger as a family and, you know, definitely uh, made me stronger as an individual, you know. Um, but um, just growing up there and I uh, ended up attending uh, Westside High School where I played running back. And, you know, um, from there... You know, uh, just just it was a lot of fun there. A lot of fun there. Um, it's one of those cities where everybody pretty much knows everybody. So um, what West Side? I was reading up on West Side. Uh, they promote independent thinkers and and advanced, you know, intellectual. You don't go there just to play football. You go there to hit the books. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. What were you thinking if football didn't work out? Um, as a kid, I've always wanted to be an engineer until I. I I found out how much math went into that, so <laughs> I, I quickly strayed away from that because I'm, I'm definitely not a math Started guy. Started lifting those weights, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not a math guy, but um, uh, that, that was pretty much, you know, as a kid growing up, that's what I wanted to do. It was either that or, you know, um, I, 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 my mom showed me papers when I was drafted saying that, you know, I wanted to play big time. Division one football and, and, and go on to play in the NFL. This was like when I was like maybe five or six. Wow. So, so that so it's you, always been a dream of mine. I got you, and it made it. Definitely. You, you, you know that a lot of kids dream and don't make it. Uh, I, yeah, you, I, I definitely know that. Okay. A lot. The um, what uh, as far as what was I going to say? Uh, tell tell me about mom and dad. Then what did they do for a living? Uh, my dad is an um, athletic facility supervisor. So all the um, fields, um, all the football stadiums, all the, um, mm. the courts, um, the basketball courts. In the county district? In the county, yeah. yeah. He's in charge of, of, of basically keeping, keeping those, um, those facilities up to par. So, you know, in football season, he's in charge of making sure the field's ready to go, making sure the scoreboards, you know, um, is, is working correctly. You know, he's, he's opening the stadium for all the teams, and he's pretty much the last one to leave. So. Growing up, I pretty much had access to any field in in the city that I wanted to get on, and um, whether it basketball, uh, you know, whatever sport it was. My mom was a teacher for thirty years. Wow. Yeah. So education is big. Huge. Yeah, for Huge. the Jackson, that's good. Did that help you? You think it's just playing football? I know it's an athletic thing, but uh, you know, you got to use your head too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it did. You know. Um, my parents, both of them being in the household, it definitely instilled, 
you know, that will and, and, and what I needed to, to continue to, you know, stay on path and, and, and to create some goals for myself and, and to attack them and, and want to achieve them. How did, I, I know you went to um, a prep school after yeah. high school? Yeah, I went to uh, Fort Union Military Academy. Okay, and from there you got recruited. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you switched to cornerback. Mm -hmm. So Alabama and who else was in on you on um, the recruiting process? My final five, I think it was, it was Alabama, it was Auburn. Um, Maryland was in, in that discussion. Uh, I think Tennessee and I think West Virginia because Fort Union Military Academy was in Virginia. Okay. So um, this was one of those deals where um, it's coming out of school. I, I didn't make the test score I needed to make to be eligible. So instead of going to junior college, I, I opted to go to um, Fort Union Military Academy. Actually, Vanderbilt sent me there because I was committed to Vanderbilt coming out of high oh. school. And so I, they sent me there and um, to, to better my test scores and went there for a semester and made the switch from Vanderbilt to, to Alabama. And then how – was Saban there then? Yeah, he had just, he had just got the job. Yeah. Um, so this was like right after the semester. And um, – mm -hmm. My, my coach at Fort Union ended up sending me home because I had got a ton of offers. And I, was, I, was one, I wanted to enroll in the spring. So he sent me home maybe about two weeks early before the semester even ended. And he said, you know, because of your situation, you know, go home and, you know, just sit down with your parents and figure out where you want to go to school. So uh, I went home. I ended up taking some visits. Uh, I went to Maryland um, one weekend and I had just came back. I came back that Sunday. And I got the call from Coach Saban. He had just got the job a week prior. And he called me and he told me, you know, they offered me a scholarship and he said that we already started school here for the spring semester. So if it's something that you want to do, I'm going to need you to come tomorrow to look around, which was that Monday. So um, my parents were working. They couldn't get off. And so my high school coach ended up having to take me to campus that, that, that following day. And I met him at like a small airport in Atlanta on the way to, to uh, Tuscaloosa, just kind of talked with him, him and Kirby Smart. Um, Kirby, wow. Kirby Smart jumped in the car with us, we went to campus, and I was in class the next day. Oh, my goodness. So it happened fast for me. What, uh, tell us about uh, Nick Saban. I mean, uh, he's he's got showing a little more humor, human right. side here in the last couple of years right. with the commercials and everything. Yeah. But... Uh, until then, from the outside looking in, he looked like he was a taskmaster. It's right. all about winning, not about having fun. Yeah. How was it? Um, I had a great time. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a great three years for me. Uh, I remember meeting him and talking to him, and then fast forward into that first practice, and I'm thinking to myself, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but um, I had a great time there. He was a great coach. And for me, it was all about you know um, putting myself in a situation where I could possibly, you know, go into the next level. So I felt like, you know, playing for him, he had just came from the Miami Dolphins. So I felt like playing for him and, and, uh, and the, the style of defense that, you know, he was going to teach us and he was going to learn that, you know, I was going to be, you know, in the NFL style defense and I, it would prepare me for the next level. But uh, I had a great time there. You know, he taught me a lot, you know, from technique all the way down to, you know, um, just paying attention to the little details because he's he's very detailed and you know in his approach you know um, I'm sure everybody can see that you know just watching the games but um, I had a great time there he's a great coach. You know when the when the Broncos signed you after nine years with Houston, and Houston had just started moving you right from cornerback to safety. You know I like most people I think I was like boy uh, I'm not sure about the age. Right. 
But the move to safety, you, you're starting a whole new career. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. you're like in your second year right. in the NFL when it comes to safety. Is right. that you feel like that position is uh, reborn um, uh, your career a little bit? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like it's, it's kind of put me in a, a different situation just in terms of, um, I'll say, the, the physical aspect of the game. I mean, although you, you have to tackle it a little bit more, but mm -hmm. um, You always tackle. Right. Um, and, and that's one of the strengths of my game. But um, just just in just kind of thinking about it, you know, playing safety and corner is obviously two different worlds. You know, um, and corner is nonstop running. I mean, even if it's run play, you got a guy running you off 20, 30 yards, you know, and just, you know, that, that's pretty much every play. But, you know, to get a chance to play safety and just kind of see some things, you know, before they happen, you know, on both sides of the field and, you know, just kind of recognizing and maybe putting some guys in situations where, you know, they can make some plays and, and stuff like that. But uh, it's definitely two different worlds. So I, I kind of feel like, you know, it could definitely tackle an extra couple of years on the on the back end of my career. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. When you were a free agent this time, the it was the Broncos. What other teams? Uh, was, was there, wasn't there one other team? That yeah, was um, the Giants. The Giants. The Giants, yeah. Okay. So t Two cold weather teams. Yeah, so two to speak. cold weather teams. Yeah. <laughs> by the by the way, uh, it was uh, when we're doing this. The snow. Uh, have you had too much of this? You probably haven't. I haven't. From Macon, no, I Alabama, haven't. Not a Houston. not a not a lot of snow at all, especially yeah. not this early. So um, Monday, when I was actually looking at, you know, the um, the little app for the weather yeah. for the week, and I saw it, and I was like, yeah. man, this got to be wrong. Welcome to Colorado. Yeah, everybody's in the snow <laughs> and stuff. You're now right. officially a Bronco. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. So. But, I mean, I'm here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an adjustment, but I'll, I'll make it. Um, and then uh, when it was the Broncos versus the Giants, uh, was Fangio, was the safety? What? How did they sell you? Well, initially, uh, coming in, even down to, you know, after we made the agreement and down to I came, to get here to um, signing my deal, they still didn't really know. And they were just kind of telling me that, you know, I was going to bounce around a little bit. But, you know, mm -hmm. that's what I was accustomed to, you know, just coming yeah. from doing it in Houston the last two years, just bouncing yeah. around corner and playing the nickel and, right. you know, playing previous years, playing safety in certain situations. And then my last year there, you know, starting out the game, I mean, the year playing full, you know, safety. And then mm -hmm. because of the injury, going back to corner. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm no stranger to, to none of those positions, so, you know, I was all for it. So, um, just kind of told me I was going to bounce around a little bit, and then and then I remember texting the DB coach and asking him maybe a couple of days right before OTAs and uh, minicamp started, and they was just like, we still really don't know yet. So, I just kind of came into it with an open mind, and, you mm -hmm. know, for me, I just wanted to be prepared for, for any and everything. So, um, and once we kind of got started and, you know, it, I was at safety for pretty much the entire time. And then, yeah. you know, obviously some, some things happened with Bryce or whatever, so I had to play a little bit of nickel. But um, to be back at safety, you know, full time, I mean, I'm excited about that. Yeah, Fangio says he's not going to move you. He, right. li he likes you there. And got Cody says they're taking guys off the street right, if they have right. to. They want to keep you at safety. Yeah, so, so um, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, what about Tennessee real quick, just uh, as you're studying the film? Uh, what concerns you? What are you studying them? Who are you studying um, the most? They're definitely a young, explosive team. Um, got a bunch of young receivers that are explosive guys can, you know, pretty much run the entire route tree. 
you know, um, Delaney Walker is an older veteran guy, but, you know, still can, can make it happen. You know, yeah. he's been a great a great player in this league for a long time. And being able to, well, coming from Houston, you know, I saw these guys twice a year. So yeah. I kind of feel like I kind of know them like the back of my hand. But um, it's a little bit different style defense here that we run. So I'm sure they'll have some scheme plays in there to try to throw, throw us off. But um, you have Mariota, a dual threat guy, you know, um, so we have to do with uh, whatever we can to be sticky in coverage, try to keep them in the pocket and, you know, limit the big plays. And we have to be great tacklers because they have, um, you know, Derrick Henry and, you know, another great back in um, uh, Deion Lewis. So um, yeah. we have our work cut out for us this week. So we, we're looking forward to the um, to the task. Yeah, they um, – after Fournette, and you weren't there for Fournette, and then they get you back and they make the switch with Alexander and Purcell – and then a 14 nothing lead, that helped too on the run defense. But do you think that Vic made the moves there to show her up uh, like Jacksonville will never happen again right. this year? Um, in hindsight, I mean, it's easy to say that now, but mm -hmm. we don't really know. Um, yeah. I mean, some of these games, man, you, you kind of go out there and you just got to let the chips fall where they may. I mean, mm -hmm. it's unfortunate the way that game unfolded, you know, um, but it, like I say, it, those things happen, you know, and, and – I mean, whether I'm not there or whether, you know, we make the switch and, you know, Mike is in the middle, you know, we, we can't really say what would have happened. So, um, mm -hmm. I mean, that game's behind us. We just want to, you know, look look forward to, you know, this game coming up on Sunday and just make sure so something like that doesn't happen again. You know, we got all 11 of us be on the same page and, and continue to execute. As long as we're executing, you know, I think we'll be fine. Welcome back to Chris's Mic Drop. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kareem Jackson as much as I enjoyed talking with Kareem. Uh, the, definitely a lengthy interview. First time I sat down with him to that degree, one-on-one -on -one, uh, for Nine News and, and for, uh, for the podcast that we have here since he signed and was introduced with the Broncos back in March. Quality guy, uh, was raised right, has strong parents, educators, uh, for parents, and so that's really, I think, uh, has helped Kareem in his NFL career. He's in year 10 and is uh, uh, getting a fountain of youth, if you, can, uh, if you will, by switching to that safety position full-time. He's a heck of a safety. Not all cornerbacks, by the way, can switch to uh, safety uh, because it's, such a, 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 it's more of a physical position, and you've got to tackle. You've got to sacrifice your body. It's a cardio position at cornerback. It's a physical weightlifting position at safety. That's, that's maybe one way to put it. Looking ahead to the Tennessee game here Sunday for the Broncos, it's at Empower Field at Mile High, a special game because at halftime, uh, Pat Bolin will uh, receive, uh, his family will receive the Hall of Fame ring from Dave Baker, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and then so will Champ Bailey, who... Uh, during his time here, if I heard it once from people in the neighborhood, uh, from people at the, uh, you know, on the bar stool next to me, they just loved Champ Bailey. And uh, he was their favorite player. And so he had such, uh, such great athleticism and grace. And uh, such a gentleman, too, when you talk to him. Uh, an easygoing, peaceful uh, sort of guy. But boy, uh, was he something else between those lines. I think the 100 yard pick where he switched with Darrett Williams and uh, intercepted the Brady pass and went 100 yards the other way. Um, 
showboated a little bit. I know he said he ran out of steam, but I think he also showboated a little bit, had it knocked off at the one. Uh, luckily for the Broncos, they scored on the next play. So that was the difference in that game. They beat New England 27-13. to 13. That was a 14-point uh, swing between New England uh, going in for a touchdown and Champ taking it the other way. Against uh, the Titans, there's some keys. First of all, this game scares me a little bit uh, as a Bronco observer, and if uh, I'm, I'm telling this to Bronco fans because Tennessee, to me, reminds me of Jacksonville. Um, you know, they've got a, a young, uh, hotshot quarterback who can move around a little bit. Uh, Marcus Mariota is more of a runner than Minshew. Minshew more of a pure passer, I would say, but still they, they, they're playmakers. And, uh, and secondly, they got big backs. And, and De Derek Henry it goes 244. Um, uh, Leonard Fournette goes uh, 228. So Derek Henry is bigger than Leonard Fournette. There were back-to-back -back games last year in December with Derek Henry where he had uh, two set, 270 yards uh, one game, or 238 yards one game, and 170 the next week against the Giants. That's over 400 yards combined in two games. So he's capable of doing what Fournette did against the Broncos two weeks ago. So again, the key, the Broncos with Alexander Johnson in the middle, Mike Purcell in the middle, and having Kareem Jackson back at safety, I think they're better equipped to handle a running game and to handle a running back like Derrick Henry. They got to put pressure on Mariota. He's not very accurate. He doesn't throw interceptions. He's very cautious. I think he's overly cautious with the ball, um, and that's why you can sack him. Uh, he's, given, he's been sacked 4.4 times a game, more than any other quarterback in the NFL. So Vaughn, Malik Reed, uh, Jeremiah uh, Atachu, uh, those guys have to get him. Maybe Fangio brings the blitz. And then on offense, Tennessee has a terrific secondary. In fact, Rich Scangarillo said it's the best secondary in the league. If that's true, I don't care. They still need to get the ball to uh, Emmanuel Sanders this week, and they got to get the ball to Cortland Sutton, who's just emerging more and more and more, getting closer and closer to being a true number one receiver, um, getting closer and closer to being an impact player like Demarius Thomas. Remember, Demarius had, I think, 20, 22 catches his rookie year. Uh, Cortland Sutton had 40. Um, Demarius uh, uh, broke out a little bit his second year. That's, that was the Tebow year. Um, but he still, I don't think, had 40 catches his second year. And Cortland's way ahead of Demarius. So Cortland, uh, and, and of course, uh, well, let's see if Cortland winds up with a uh, Peyton Manning-type quarterback <laughs> in his future. Uh, I don't see one in the immediate uh, future for the Broncos. Flacco's doing well. I think Flacco is a weapon. I think one of the problems the Broncos had after their scripted plays was uh, they got too run heavy. And then when they had to make that third down completion for the first down, they couldn't do it, mostly because protection broke down. When you're in third and long, it's tough, it's tough for protection, and it's tough to convert. So I think those are the keys. they got to pass the ball. Also, one more factor, need a big game from Brandon McManus against Cordy Parkey. Both these teams don't score a lot. Both these teams don't give up a lot as far as points. Uh, we're talking these are 20 to 17 teams. When you play low-scoring games, field goals play a part. So McManus has to win the field goal game from Cody Parkey. So that's it. Thank you again to Kareem 
Jackson, our special guest here on Clissa's uh, uh, Mic Drop, and we'll do this again uh, next week. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mike Cliss, and we'll see you again on Wednesday as we pre preview the Broncos and the Chiefs at Empower Field at Mile High on a Thursday night game.